You know, word can just so change your life. I was in God's word yesterday, and I reckon I got, God gave me some of the most amazing promises I've ever had. And it just lined up with this whole new era, and it's like God said, let me explain to you a little bit what this new era means, and he just went boom, boom, boom. And I was like, <gasps> it was breathtaking, to be honest. So <clears throat> God can speak um, so clearly and I'm just praying that he'll speak to you this morning as, uh, as I share the word. When I experienced the amazing visitations of God, as many of you know, in 1993, 4, 5, they, they really were quite incredible. But uh, at that time, God spoke to me very clearly a number of things. And I just thought they were going to happen like that within days, weeks, months, maybe a few years. And one of those words was that we would have more churches in New Zealand. Now, this is 22 years ago. Now, I appreciate three or four years ago, God gave us one church in the city, but it's really not till this year that this prophecy, this promise of God has started to be fulfilled, and so we now have Kaitai and Whangarei both added just this year, and it's almost like God is saying, hey, it's been over 20 years, and you really thought it wasn't going to happen, which is true. I thought it wasn't, and God said, no, no, my word is true, that which I speak does come to pass, and right now, there is another campus under consideration and uh, we <laughs> I just want you to pray with us uh, that God would guide us with great wisdom and so we just make sure we do the right things in the right places the only clue I'll give you is this time it's you don't go north so that gives you about 500 places to choose from it's uh, it's a season of Breathless expectation. Just, you just don't know. You know, I, I just get, recently I just get phone calls that just transform things. Just in a day, in a moment. Here's another one. During the visitations, well, before I get that, Ezekiel 12, 23, the day is at hand in the fulfillment of every vision. That's Ezekiel 12, 23. The days are at hand, the fulfillment of every vision. Verse 28, thus says the Lord, none of my words will be postponed anymore. Don't you like that? But the word which I speak will be done says the Lord. So during the visitations in 93, one of the amazing things, unusual things that happened to me, God would begin to speak cities to me. And a number of them I've never heard of, didn't even know they were cities. And uh, one of them was Kiev, Kiev. So I thought, man, what is that? Where is that? So I got home to New Zealand, I looked it up on the map, found it was in Ukraine. So over the next years, we sent teams up to Kiev, up to the Ukraine. That's why we went. It was based on a word from God. I even went three times myself. But after three years, there was a real sense that mission not accomplished. And I thought, well, what was that all about? Because it, I mean, we had some effect, but it didn't seem to be the fulfillment of the word. Well, last week, so we just gone, I was speaking to a pastor, and he knew a bit about Ukraine. And he said to me, um, he said, look, I know the pastor of the second largest church in Kiev. He said, uh, would you be interested in speaking there? I immediately remembered the prophetic word of 23 years ago. Then he went on, he said, he said, this guy is Mr. Connector. He knows the pastors in the nation. He knows the leaders. He said, of anyone in that nation, this guy is the man of peace, if you like. He's the one that can connect. And so I said, yes, I am interested. So probably within 48 hours or a very short period of time, they have arranged for me to go up to Kiev 
to speak to pastors and leaders on Friday night, on Saturday, and speak in the church on Sunday morning, and it's locked into my diary for July 2016. In just a moment, in just a second, God can do something. And I've said to you that in this new era, I said in part one, I think it was, prophecies and promises that are quite old are going to be fulfilled. I want you to believe the reason I give you these examples is so that you will think, yeah, yeah, I've heard all that before. No, no, but look, here's evidence. Here's proof. This is actually happening. If it's happening for me, it should happen for you because God doesn't love me. Well, he probably does love me more than you, but he still loves you guys. <laughs> now, he loves us all the same. I'm not more special than anyone else. We're just on this journey together. We have different roles. And so if God's fulfilling promises for me, then get ready for God to fulfill some promises for you. But caution. Everyone say caution. caution. Don't try and make it happen. Big mistake. You'll end up with Ishmael, which will be more trouble then it's worth. If it's God, let him do it. I didn't go looking for anyone in Ukraine. They came looking for me. I didn't go looking for Kaitar. They came looking for me. I didn't go looking for Whangarei. They came looking for me. This next one, I didn't go looking for them. They've come looking for me. I'm not trying to make it happen, friends. But, but if you trust God, when in his time, he will make it happen. I just can't tell you how exciting this season is. I mean, I've been around a few decades now, and just to see the manifest hand of God on Church Unlimited is just a, it's a joy beyond comprehension. Now, to my absolute amazement, there was a wonderful response to my message last week on excellence. And I thought people were going to feel a bit like, you know, give us a break, Pastor. But I've had more feedback on that message than probably most messages I've preached this year. I mean, I think at least one person told me it was good. <laughs> Just more than most weeks. No, no, it's a bit more than that. But I, I, was, I was stunned. I was really stunned. Because I, I was expecting a few complaints to come through. And, uh, you know, so it really encourages me that there's a whole lot of us that want to lift our Sunday experience to a higher level of excellence. Is that right, church? It's what we're after. It's great, isn't it? So our Sundays are very, very good. You wouldn't get all these people three times over, and this is the smallest of the services, um, coming along if our services weren't really, really good. But as I said, I believe that they can be better. And improving Sundays involves all of us, every one of us, because we all influence people. We all influence services. Your smile, your kind words, your reaching out adds excellence to a service. So, you know, during our lifetime, they say we will directly or indirectly influence at least 10,000 people. You reckon you're not a person of influence? Hey, you have huge, massive influence, at least 10,000 people. And many of those you're going to influence on a Sunday. And so Sundays are a great opportunity to present Jesus to those who come and to present Church Unlimited. We want to do it with excellence. Why? So that they want Jesus and that they want to come back to Church Unlimited. So we said last week to come on a Sunday thinking as you came, and I wonder how many of you did. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, thinking, man, I'm off to trip. I'm going to make this service amazing. Thank you for that overwhelming response. <laughs> That's all right. We're going to get there. We'll get there. What's happened to my choir today? You still there? <laughs> all right. Thank you. 
Uh, you're just warming up, I'm sure of it. All right, I read an article on four attitudes with which to come to church. Okay, listen to these. Number one, attitude of faith. I expect God to do something great today. Imagine if we call, came like that thing today, where something great is going to happen in Church Unlimited. Secondly, I come with an attitude of enjoyment. I love what I do. I love God. I love church. And I love the pastor. I added that last bit in. It wasn't in the article. <clears throat> Thank you. Number three, attitude of team. I do my part. I encourage participation. Isn't that good if we all came with that? Number four, attitude of love. I have an overflow of godly love to give out today. Tell the person next to you, I've got an overflow of godly love. And if it's that girl you've been wanting to date for a long time, just tell her, are you busy after the service? <laughs> An overflow. See, it's all attitude, isn't it? It's attitude of coming to give, not to receive. But it's more blessed to give because when you give, you're going to receive a whole lot more. <clears throat> the famous quote, many of you know by Simon Grillet, I'll pass through this world but once. Any good I can do, any kindness I can show to any human being, let me do it now and not defer it, for I shall not pass this way again. You have one shot at life. You have one shot at today. You will never get today again. Whatever good you can do today, do it and don't delay it, because today won't come back. Last week I said that the key to the All Blacks winning back-to-back -back titles was they developed a culture of a hunger to work relentlessly at being better. Have we got that one this time, team? I'm not sure. Yeah, here we go. Can you say that with me? Hunger to work relentlessly at being better. Say it again. Hunger to work relentlessly at being better. So I want you to think for a moment at what you do in the church here. What's your role? I'm sure most of you have got a role. Do you think every time you do your role, how can I do this better? It's what you need. Every time you do something. How can I do this better? It's a, it's a hunger, it's a relentless pursuit at being better. And I think we'll be surprised at how much better we can all be, how much better I can be. But it's something we need to think of on a daily basis. <clears throat> and they say that many people decide if they'll return to church in the first 90 seconds. Isn't that surprising? So it's before they hear the music or the preacher. So it's never my fault. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> so that means... The car park people, the greeters, the ushers, maybe the cafe, are probably the most important of all Sunday ministries. Because once people got past there, they've decided, right, I'm going to hang into this church or I'm not going to hang into this church. But having said that, all of us play a very important role. We all need to own the service. This is my service. I'm going to make it good. I'm going to make it better. I'm going to improve it. I'm going to make it the best service in the country. Leadership guru John Maxwell says, what, sense, what sets one worker or volunteer apart from others is the and some principle. It's that 5% extra. That little bit more attention to detail. Going the extra mile, doing more than is required. That's what sets apart one volunteer from the other. 
the one that just does their job, but the other says, no, I'm going to do that little extra. I'm going to give a bit more attention to detail. I didn't quite nail it there, but next week I'm going to make sure I nail it. And so that's what, you know, and that's the sort of employer, employees people are actually looking for, the ones who have this mentality and some. Yeah, this is what I'm required to do. Hey, but this is my 5% extra. This is my and some. Do you like that? It's a great principle, I believe. Jesus taught this, didn't he? Matthew 5, 41. Whoever compels you to go one mile, whoever compels you to be a singer, in the creche, in the children's church, in Usher, on the sound, wherever it might be, whoever compels you to go one mile, hey, go with them too. Go the extra. Do more than is required. And how many of you would agree that Jesus went the extra mile for us. Why wouldn't we go the extra mile <coughs> for him? Okay, the next thing that's going to happen in this new era, this is really exciting, is that lives are going to be radically transformed. People's lives, including Christians, including my life, because we all need changing. And you get ready for radical Transformation. Some of those things you've struggled with for years, get ready for God to set you free. Luke chapter 4 tells us Jesus' ministry in Luke 4, 18 and 19. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. You're brokenhearted? He's come to heal you. To set at liberty the captives. If you're a captive, he wants to set you free. Recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. If you're oppressed, he wants to set you at liberty to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. The reason I'm preaching on this one is I had another encounter with God. And uh, this time I was in the 24-7 prayer room a couple of Wednesdays ago. I went in there. I don't know what it is about that room, but I encounter God more there than I do at home. Maybe there's something about a room set apart for prayer. Maybe it's because of the sacrifice it takes to go into the room sometimes ago in the evening. Whatever it is, so often God's presence is there. <clears throat> A couple of weeks ago, I was there on a Sunday night, it's a, it's a Wednesday evening, and I was just um, praying away, and I just began to remember a song as I was praying, and uh, there came a presence of God upon me, and these words, you'll know the song, in just a moment, he can turn a life around, forever to be found in me. And, you know, it's a great song, and I've sung it many times. I love it. You know I love that song. <clears throat> but I'm telling you, for 30 long minutes, 30 minutes, I sat in that 24-7 prayer room, and God kept saying to me, Tark, in just a moment, I can turn a life around. I said, thank you, Jesus. No, no, Tark, you didn't mean In just a moment, I can turn a life around. Five minutes ago, 10 minutes, Lord, I've heard you. No, no, Tark, in just a moment, I can turn a life around. Can you hear me, Tark? I can, in just a moment... I'm about to turn lives around. I'm about to transform people by my power, my anointing, and my glory. I came to set the captives free. I came to open prison doors. I came to proclaim liberty to those who are oppressed. God is about to set the captives free in Jesus' name. And I can't tell you how wonderful that experience was. It was just Wow, everything within you just goes to another place. It's, I just love it when God speaks like that, and, and he does it from time to time. I wish it was every day, but I probably couldn't handle it. <clears throat> Expect testimonies of radical transformation. This is just not the unsaved, but this is the same. As if to confirm this word, after that experience, I think it was after that experience, somewhere around that time, I went up to Whangarei to preach. 
And this lady comes up to me and she said, that, I've got to tell you the story. Sometimes when people say that, I wonder how long the story is going to take. But anyway, <laughs> she said, my son was raised in church. Well, we did, did all right in church. She said, one day he just disappeared. He's gone. And she's distressed and re- finds out that he's got into drugs and living a terrible lifestyle. And she's, she's beside herself. She is tormented. And, um, you know, she, she begins to intercede and she cries out to God. And she refused to let his backsliding continue. It's like she had an attitude. She, it's amazing. And I think in this new era, this attitude is going to come to more of us. Now, I'm, I'm not putting up with this. This is not going to continue. I am going to put an end to this. And so she interceded and uh, cried out to God. And she had put a sock, I hope it was washed, under her pillow. You know, just look, praying over his life, praying over his walk, believing God to do something amazing. And then she points to a guy in the church and says, come over here. And it was her son who God had got a hold of and had radically transformed and brought him back into the church. And so I started to pray for him. As I prayed for him, the Spirit of God came on me and I began to prophesy over him. I said, you are called to leadership. And what shocked me is I said, God's calling you to walk a narrow path, the exact opposite to what he's been doing. And I said, your narrow path is gonna influence many, many other people. And I said to him, do you have a leadership call? Have you ever done anything in leadership in your life? And he said, yes, I have. So I said, receive God's word. Radical transformation by God's almighty power. Number two, Zechariah 4, 6, this is the word of the Lord to church unlimited, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Just listen carefully for a moment. This new era is not gonna happen by sheer manpower, human effort, striving, struggling, battling. It's way too big for that. Although it will require diligence, but Galatians 3, 3 says, are you so foolish having begun in the spirit are you now going to be made perfect in the flesh? You know, God started these churches in the spirit. We've got to be careful that we don't think, all right, I want another one here and another one there, and I want to do this and I want to do that. No, no, friends. It's got to be by the leadership and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. God initiated the new era. Is that right? I didn't. Only he can fulfill it. It started in the spirit, and we must be careful not to try and make it happen. Tenfold growth in 10 years. Many more church unlimiteds cannot be done by human effort. You will wear yourself out. We will get worn out and worn down. It needs the supernatural hand of God to make it happen, which we have seen in Kaitaia, which we have seen in the city church, which we have seen in Whangarei, which you've seen here at Church Unlimited West. We've done our part, but the power behind it is almighty God That's why we give him all the praise and we give him all the glory. It's not our work. This is the work of Almighty God. Finally, this morning, the last aspect of the New Zealand, uh, of uh, this new era, is that New Zealand and beyond, our conference, will become the main event of the year. The main event. Everyone say main event. Now, this is a bit of a shift, but this is possibly one of the biggest aspects of the new era. There's a lot of other stuff we've said, but I think this probably is right near the very top. And I'm going to explain to you why it is so important. So it's going to be the main event with a vast majority of our church people attending. I mean, right now, maybe 20% of our church people come. We want to get that to 80, 90% um, over the coming weeks and months. But the reality is, friends, New Zealand, our nation, see, the whole thing of New Zealand beyond is to reach this nation and to reach nations. 
But our nation, New Zealand, is in free fall. And the church is having very limited impact. Ungodly laws are being passed, is that right? Wickedness abounds, violence on every corner, sexual abuse, suicides, teenage pregnancy. You can go on and on, alcoholism, on and on and on. It's not getting better, friends. It's getting worse. You're getting more people on the streets, not less people on the streets. You're getting more deaths on the road this year than previous years. You know, it's all going. And a bit like as Goliath mocked David. I often think of this in 1 Samuel 17 verse 10. He mocks the church today, the church of New Zealand, saying, I defy the armies of Israel, give me a man that we may fight together. It's like Satan is saying to you, church, and he's saying to me, I defy the church of New Zealand. I'm going to overrun this land, and you are powerless to stop me. You are weak, you are insipid. I defy the church of the living God. And friends, we are being mocked, and it looks like Satan has the upper hand. It seems like he's having more influence in our nation right now than the churches. And, and, and the church is drifting further and further away from God. And my plea with you and with our church and our nation right now today is that we must stand up and fight. We must rise up to the greatest challenge of the hour facing this nation of ours. Friends, this is our time. This is our time to stand up. And God has given us New Zealand and Beyond Conference to take on this challenge, to take on the defying of Satan, who says, you know, I defy the church of Jesus Christ in New Zealand. You know, I'm going to overrun this nation. We've got to take on that challenge of Satan and say, hold up there, Satan. Yeah, we, you were looking for a man to stand up against you. You found some. You found one. We will fight. You will not defy the armies of the living God. You will not defy Jesus, the Son of God. You will not defy Him who raised from the dead on the third day. You will not defy the one who has resurrection power. Satan, we defy you because greater is He who is in us than He that is in the world. God has given us New Zealand and Beyond Conference to take on this challenge. Because in this conference, we equip, we inspire, we mobilize, we build faith in the hearts of God's people and leaders and pastors. We build them up to come and to reach New Zealand, to turn it back to God. With God's help, with the vehicle of New Zealand and beyond, I am fully persuaded we can win New Zealand. We can turn this nation back to God. It is not a lost cause. It is not a hopeless situation. Our God is greater than all the forces of darkness, all the powers of the enemy. All he needs is people who will stand up and fight. All he needs is some instruments. All he needs is a man. All he needs is a woman. All he needs is a young person. All he needs is a child who will stand up and say, God, I'm going to stand with you. I will not let this nation go to the dogs. I will not let it go to the hands of the enemy. And I wonder how many people we have in this place today that will say, Pastor, you can count me in, or God, you can count me in. I will stand up. This is my hour. This is our time. This is your time to stand up and fight for this nation in Jesus' name. Someone somewhere has to make a declaration that this nation is not going to be lost to the enemy, but it's going to be won back for God. Friends, New Zealand and beyond, 
listen carefully, is the primary calling on Church Unlimited. That's the main thing about this church is New Zealand and beyond because it's bigger than just building a local church. It's a bigger vision than building a local church and having a whole lot of church unlimited. That's a great vision, but this is bigger than that. This vision is to reach our nation. This vision is to reach the nations of the world. Why has God called us to do it? I have no idea. But when we get a call and a challenge from heaven, we got to stand up and take it on and not retreat and not back away and say, this is too difficult, this is too hard. We've got to fulfill this massive vision and calling. And to do that, of course, we need your help. That's why we keep asking you to sign up. See, a conference gives you a voice. The bigger the conference, the bigger the voice. And in this new era, God wants Church Unlimited to have much stronger voice into our nation because it's a voice that has to be heard of reaching New Zealand and reaching the nations. We can all do this. We need to do all we can to grow New Zealand and beyond. Some churches have larger conferences, and the reason is they've developed a culture where everybody comes to conference. Just everybody in the church, they just all turn up, maybe 95% of them, they just all come. They've developed a culture that this is the main event of the year, and we're working towards that. And, uh, you know, where the whole church family get together, and the whole year builds towards the main event. And so we're hoping that by 2017, 18, we want to be in Waitakere Trust Stadium with a conference of at least 3,000 people and then building up to a conference of 10,000 people. I believe we can do it. I believe with all my heart we can do this, friends. I passionately believe in God's call upon Church Unlimited to impact this nation and impact the nations of the world. And as long as God gives me strength, I'll do everything in my power and my ability to help turn this nation, this great nation, this land of the long white cloud, this land of the Holy Spirit, where God once dwelled in greater measure to be restored, not only to its former glory, but that the glory of the latter New Zealand will be far greater than anything God did in the past. It is time for revival. It's time for God to break out on the left and on the right. But friends, suffice to say, it's not going to fall out of the sky. We have to stand up and do our part. As the musicians come, in this new era, expect radical transformations. Expect prophecies of all that you know were God to be fulfilled. Don't labor in the flesh to make it happen. Be empowered by the Holy Spirit and sign up today for New Zealand and beyond and help us reach this nation and nations for Jesus Christ. This is our time. This is your time. Grab it with both hands, and let's go in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the team have got a fantastic song all ready to go for us. Hey, thank you so much for everybody coming out this morning, being with us, and um, thank you for the tremendous job you do, you know, in building Church Alignment. Please don't ever take anything I say as a criticism. It's not. It's just an endeavor to just lift to higher levels so we can be all that God wants us to be. We can fulfill the great mandate, the great destiny. You know, it weighs heavy upon me because I see it as an incredible uh, calling from God, incredible mandate from heaven to help reach this nation. Remember, New Zealand was a great mission nation, so to also reach the nations of the world. So those of you, make sure you come back tonight. It's going to be a fantastic night. But if I don't see some of you again you know, I do wish you a Merry Christmas, seriously, from the bottom of my heart.
I pray you have a wonderful Christmas, a wonderful new year. And you'll just come back next year all fired up and ready to go. It will be an unbelievable year. If you thought this year was good, just watch next year. It's going to be extra special. Hey, love you all. God bless you. Thanks for coming. <laughs>